Welcome to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning workshop whisperer podcast as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to titanium sponsor, Mechanic Desk and gold sponsor, Podium. Whispering Loudly is the Workshop Whisperer podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm producer Mel and we're joined by Rachel Evans today and a very special guest, Nick Del Santo. Now, he first came onto the AFL scene after being drafted to St Kilda at the end of 2001, making his debut in the 2002 season. Since then, he did not look back, playing over 320 games in his career as a successful midfielder. He was selected in the All-Australian team three times in 2005, 2009 and 2011. Nick is well regarded and admired for his leadership, engaging in coaching and donating his time to charity and community work. Following his sporting career, Nick has delved into the world of leadership, speaking and media presenting and we are so super, super grateful to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us, Nick. Lovely to be here. That was a, a nice summary of my last 20 or so years. Yeah. I we might run out of time. How did we get it into such a little nutshell, right? You must have just been having a movie replay of, in your head of all of your life so far. Well, it's <laughs> nice to, to go back over everything that you've sort of done. You know, you, you enjoy all those moments and particularly as an athlete, you really get to look back and enjoy and I guess celebrate some, some achievements that you've had along the way. So I don't get those introductions very often, so I will enjoy it while I can. And Nick, as Mel said, so uh, excited to have you on with us today. Even though we've just heard that amazing introduction, uh, what would you like our Whispering Loudly fans uh, to know about you? Um, well, I'm originally from the country, so I grew up in Bendigo, which is country Victoria. Um, I was an avid sports lover. To start with, it was, it was everything from football, clearly, basketball, golf. And as a kid, I just loved being outdoors. Now, I have three young children now, so I'm acutely aware of the challenges that come with that. And my poor parents, as I look back on them now, they were pretty much my taxi as I played sport every night of, uh, of the week in Bendigo and then made a couple of representative teams and were coming to Melbourne quite regularly as well, which is roughly a two-hour drive. So the commitment and the support from my family was enormous and now I'm trying to instill that and give my kids the same opportunity. But I probably never set out. So my story basically is I love sport. I never knew that I'd be fortunate enough to play 15 years of professional football. I just wanted to play whatever game it may be. Loved being outside and I got drafted at the age of 17. So I finished school, my last exam, I think it was in November. And then a week later, I was living in Melbourne playing for St Kilda or training with St Kilda at that stage of the year. And I've had an amazing journey. And I heard Nathan Buckley, who is the coach or was the coach at Collingwood speak last week in his last press conference. And a lot of the things that he said was the way that I felt. I felt extremely fortunate that I got to do and wake up every morning getting to do something that I absolutely loved. Like everything, it has its ups and downs. There was days that they were challenging and there was days that I wished I wasn't a footballer, but I knew deep down it's it's what drove me. It gave me a purpose in my life and I was so fortunate. And then since then, I've been out of the game for about five years. Um, I've been really fortunate to do some other things outside of footy. And speaking about balance and some of the challenges that we are all going through, I've got three young kids and a wife that works extremely hard. So that probably keeps me grounded more than anything. Yes, and... And before we get onto your sort of outside of footy goings on, um, Mel mentioned in your introduction that you were selected for the All-Australian team three times. 
how did that feel and was that something that you set out to achieve or it just happened as a consequence of your hard work? Yeah, I was taught from a young age that those sort of things are outcomes of things that you can control. Now, for those that don't know what the All-Australian team is, each year they pick a, a team of 22. So I was fortunate enough to be selected in the Australian Best 22 three times. My first time, I might have to check this fact, I think I was about 21. I think I was in about my third or fourth year when I made my first All-Australian team. And I'd heard about it and I knew what it was and it, at that stage, it definitely didn't get the recognition that it gets now. I knew it was pretty cool and I was very chuffed to be a part of it. But as I said before, you sort of, in your football career, you can never rest on your laurels. You can never sort of enjoy that moment for too long, knowing that there's another training session, there's another game or another whole season to get ready for. But I probably sit here now and look back at those three occasions and you know, are humbled in a lot of ways. I look at the guys that were in those teams um, I was really fortunate to play in a good team, particularly at St Kilda for an era where we were playing finals regularly. Life was pretty good. We won a lot of the time. And then my last three years, I went to North Melbourne and had a change of scenery and we were fortunate to play some finals there as well. So those three things I'm really proud of. I, I, you know, you don't get to pat yourself on the back and I don't do it very often, but I do have those three. You get a trophy on that particular night. So I've got three trophies in a special place in the house that every now and then, <laughs> I just walk past and um, you just feel a bit of pride and that you might have achieved something small in your playing career. Walk past and go, oh, that was me. That's right. Yeah. Well, I tell my, I tell my children regularly that because they didn't get to see me play, they were too young. Yeah. I said, Dad was okay at football at one stage. <laughs> I used to be able to run a little bit. And I used to be able to kick a football, but it doesn't seem to phase them too much. I'm sure there's plenty of video footage that uh, you'll be able to pass on to them in due course if they're not all, already onto it. I uh, I come across my husband watching replays on the weekends in between games of you know games from 2004. I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? We call that the good old days. <laughs> so um, having played over 320 AFL games in your career, um, you've obviously had a lot of experience uh, working with a team. I, uh, in our line of work, working with auto repair shop owners, you know, we recognise that your team, that for our fans out there, you know, your employees are are the team that we're talking about, obviously on the footy field, they're your team. So, we know that they're your biggest asset. What would you say would be your most valuable lessons that you've learnt from playing in so many teams with different personalities and backgrounds? Yeah, uh, well, the biggest challenge within football is you've got 45 guys that come together from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings. And one of the greatest challenges is to find a common goal. And I think this can cross borders and this absolutely goes into business. It goes into particularly small businesses like the ones that you know you guys speak about regularly, mm -hmm. that the greatest challenge is finding a purpose. Now, for football, in some ways, it was a little bit easier because our purpose was to win every week and our purpose was to ultimately win a grand final. Mm -hmm. But it's how you get everybody on board and to find that need and that drive. So we, we had a lot of challenges and I was fortunate enough to be in the leadership group for about 10 years, I think, of my 15. And we saw a lot of different personalities come and go, you know, young guys that you know, a bit cheeky, but you got some other young guys that are very disciplined and structured. So one of the things that we used to pride ourselves on was having empathy, was mm -hmm. actually understanding that everybody's going through a different situation on and off the field. But we also used to have a saying, this was from a, one of my favourite coaches, Ross Lyon, that we support the person, but we challenge their behaviours. Mm -hmm. So what that basically means is always support the person. Our role as a leadership group in particular was to get the best out of them as a footballer. Now, that means you've got to support them off field. You know, we get to know their families and you build a lot of trust and therefore you can have, you know, hard and 
confronting conversations at times, but that doesn't mean that you can't challenge each other. Now, when we speak about feedback, you instantly think, oh, you know, someone's going to yell at me or hit me up or have a go at me. Feedback in, in our world, being football when I was playing, can also be positive or reassuring or an understanding. But I think my greatest learning throughout all of this was it's one thing to say it, but the greatest challenge and our purpose as a leadership group was actually to help something. So, or to help somebody. It might be during the week with a, a training drill or a technique, whatever it may be, that we felt our greatest strength was to support that person and physically get out there and help them and have that support there for them. But within that, it wasn't always perfect. We had heaps of challenges. We had a heap of rat bags that, you know, you had to be firm with and you need to get to know which guys need to be cuddled and which guys can, you know, need to get a little clip every now and then in, in the yeah. right way, not a physical way. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I'm fascinated by this space and I do mm-hmm. a little bit of work in the corporate space and just how do you find that purpose? How do you find that common goal as a group to work towards, whether it's budget whether it's culture or standards, whatever it may be, it is a huge challenge. And we went through it in a different way and now I'm sort of going through it in a corporate space as well. And I think you touched on something there uh, around knowing uh, the individual players and what they require, that cuddle or that clip. Um, and it's the same for our, our auto repair shop owners in their teams. They might only have three or four people there, but the really important thing for them to understand is that not everyone responds to something in the same way. So you really do have to have those one-to-ones in order to understand what, what drives them. Yeah, absolutely. And as long as you say it respectfully. So one of the other things with feedback, which we used to always say, and just to reiterate that point is, it might feel really good for you to say it in a certain manner, but if the other person's not receiving it in that manner, then there's, mm. there's no purpose. So find that language, find those actions, whatever it may be, to ultimately get the best message across. Because if it's not hitting its mark, then there's no point saying it. Yeah. Join our free Facebook group, Your Profitable Auto Repair Shop, and join in on the conversation with auto repair shop owners just like you globally. Let's talk post AFL career. You're very busy. Um, you've been you've been co- become involved in uh, media as a media personality and corporate speaker. How did this career path come about, and uh, what else are you doing post footy? Yeah, it's a very good question, and you know it's been challenging. And I've got a lot of very close mates that have come out of football and probably lost their purpose and lost their direction a little bit. So. It goes back probably 15 or 20 years ago where I had the opportunity to do some media as a current player. You know, you get interviewed. Um, I was on a couple of major football shows just as a current player and got to talk about football. And I instantly realised that I loved talking about football. I felt like I could share some insights, but I also loved watching football. So it wasn't like a completely different path for me. Then probably in my last four to five years of football, I thought if I am fortunate enough, whenever I may finish to get into the media, be it TV or television or print, I probably need to do some extra education. So I sourced out a couple of short courses. I did um, some practical work with a couple of current commentators and media personalities. And I started to go away and actually think if I am fortunate enough to get a role in the media, I want to be well equipped. And I want to put my name at the front of that list if it was between me and some other people Mm. to think, well, at least Nick's done a little bit of work in this space. So and I was, I was extremely fortunate. I still feel like that four or five years on that I work at Fox football, which is television. And I work mm. at a station radio station called SEN, which is 24 hour sport, which is right up my alley. Woo-hoo! And yeah. And every <laughs> now and then I do a little bit of um, writing as well, which I get some, a little bit of support with, but yeah, I, I just felt if I was going to go down this path, which I was really passionate about and felt like I could add some value to that. I needed to learn some of the basics behind the scenes that not everybody was prepared to do. So 
Yep. I sit here five years on, very happy with what I've done, but obviously also aware that I need to do a little bit more. Nice. In 2020, um, you also started your own podcast, um, The Hack and the Hero, with your mate Andrew Fitzpatrick. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's an interesting one. So it, this has sort of been in the making for about three or four years, and it was just coincidental last year that we did it and then started lockdown. Well, in Victoria, we've been locked down for a long time, so it was, <laughs> yes. uh, it was challenging. But uh, he's a very close friend of mine, one of my best mates. We went to high school together, so I've known him for 25-odd years He's the CFO of a finance company in the city. Um, mm -hmm. So he's extremely smart. He got nearly a perfect score when we were in year 12. And we, we just had this idea and we've been, you know, playing around with it for a little while. And we sort of just said, why don't we go for it? We're not here to necessarily make money out of it. We just love talking to each other from different backgrounds. And the hack and the hero doesn't necessarily mean one of us is one and the other is the other. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever the topic may be, one is more of an expert in that particular area. But we've simply done it for 12 odd months now, just for fun. We, we enjoy chatting. We have these similar sort of conversations in our private mm -hmm. time anyway. We share stories, we get to reminisce and we, we touch on topics. And we've had some guests on our show as well, some high profile guests, which is fortunate. And we just have a great time doing it. I couldn't even tell you what sort of numbers it's doing. Um, <laughs> my mate Andrew does all that. He does all the yep. um, logistics behind the scenes. And he just says, hey, we're on every Tuesday or Wednesday. Let's get ready to record. And we're just doing it for fun. Yeah, labour of love. Yeah, a little bit. And it obviously, from my perspective, gives me another platform to, you know, practice hosting and practice, you know, doing conversations and creating content. So we've had a lot of fun. And where can our Whispering Loudly listeners uh, find your podcast? Let's give you a proper plug. So it's called The Hack in the Hero. And I believe that it is on the Apple podcast app. Now I say that because I don't know a great deal about it, but when I go <laughs> and check for it, I it's simply there? click on, yeah, it's on the app. And that's all Excellent. I really know about. Yeah, probably on Spotify as well and a few others. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. That's not a great plug for our podcast, is it? But I know oh, it is on my okay. phone when I click on the app. <laughs> for our auto repair shop owners out there listening, what would be the number one piece of advice um, that you would give them when it comes to being their best self in fast-paced or stressful situations? Yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant question and it can be very complex, but in its most simplistic form, and this is once again from a coach, uh, Ross Lyon, that I was with at St Kilda, we used to say control the controllables. Now, I'm sure a lot of people have heard that, but as boring as we hear that quite a lot in the media, but the, the facts are in stressful situations, there's a lot going on in your mind. You know, your actions are often frantic and your decision making is not probably as clear as it could be. So just control the moments as you're currently going. Now, it doesn't mean you always get it right. In my opinion, it just gives you the best opportunity to work through these tough situations. They could be personal. They could be at work. It could be conflict with a boss or a fellow employee and, and just take your time. I think at stages in our lives, we're always in a rush to what's the next thing. You know, we've got time pressure with budget or repairing a car or whatever it may be. And I don't pretend to be an expert in your <laughs> particular field, but I, I can imagine how difficult it must be and just the demand and, and the drive to be better at whatever you're doing. So it's very simplistic, but I think if we get too complex, that can actually make it worse for us in the long run. Very sage advice. Take a smoke out and review us on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen. Nick, thank you so much for joining us on Whispering Loudly, the Workshop Whisperer podcast. And if you would like to have your question answered on the next episode of uh, Workshop Whispers on the Whispering Loudly podcast, then make sure you get in touch by sending an email with the subject line Workshop Whispers to admin at workshopwhisperer.com. Have a great week. 
Thanks for listening to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning workshop whisperer podcast, as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to Titanium sponsor, Mechanic Desk, and Gold sponsor, Podium.